Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to the Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. You might have seen her perform as Rachel Green on the Friends, the musical parody more recently, but before that, she was in the Cats course and then a swing covering Grizabella and Joey Lorm on the sixth national tour of Cats. So welcome, Carolyn Bacon. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I uh, loved, loved, loved the Friends musical. So uh, I was so glad I got to go and I cannot wait because one of my favorite things to do is compare Cats to different shows and I've not done Friends yet. So we will get there because I think this one's great. This one will be super fun. But let's start with your history of Cats at the beginning. Like, when did you first see it? Were you obsessed with the 1998 movie? Like, what was your introduction to the show? Yeah, this is a, this is a great question. I sort of, I feel like I encountered Cats as a young kid and then forgot about Cats entirely. And then the audition came my way and all of a sudden it was like I was sucked back into the world when a cats and now it you know kind of changed everything my best friend growing up was obsessed with cats and we certainly i mean i have memories of like dance around her living room she really loved mr mistopolis so we would we would do a lot of like singing and dancing to uh that great tune i knew memory it was a song that i learned to sing like in a third grade voice lesson <laughs> um but then, like I say, it was it was sort of like something that was around when I was growing up in the 90s. And then I have kind of a non-traditional background into theater. So I was doing other stuff. I have a pre-med degree. Went back to school for singing. And so Cats popped up. It was July 9th. All the, the timeline was nuts. July 9th, I got the audition request for Cats. And by August 9th, I was in uh, Rochester rehearsing so it was like oh cats oh a cats tour oh okay i guess i'm doing the cats tour so, so you uh, so like you, you basically you saw the 1998 movie but you weren't like I, i'm burning through the vhs type of a person no i um i mean i loved musicals growing up and cats was around but i was a real julie andrews fan at that point like really obsessed i think i dressed up as mary poppins like a couple of times for Halloween, you know, so it's just, that was kind of my focus. Cats was in the mix and I did grow up dancing, but 
it wasn't um yeah it, it it was never it was never full obsession because i know a lot of cats people it goes deep it goes really yeah. it goes real deep <laughs> it goes yeah it goes exactly it goes really well it's kind of fun too because i think that's what's cool about this show is i've met a bunch of people and there are some people it's like i i have burned through the vhs and there are others was like i never saw it and then all of a sudden now i'm in you know it's like they're hooked now but wait i want to go back to you're in college you're pre-med like, are you taking organic chemistry, dancing and singing or like you, or are you well, just like a little bit doing this on the side, but also like, cause that's a very intense study yeah, to, to take yes. that route. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, so in a nutshell, long story short, I'd grown up singing and dancing that, that type of career wasn't, um, that was something that you did for recreation. It was mm -hmm. extracurricular activities, but not a career. I and I I always really loved science and math. So I um I went to school. I got a degree, my bachelor's degree is in neuroscience. So I was taking voice lessons on the side, but I yes, I took organic chemistry, I took all of those requirements. Um we had, you know, neuroscience classes as well. I took neuropsych, all all that stuff. Um and oh how to make how to make it short. I did a study abroad semester in Germany and studied at a music school conservatory there mm. it changed my life it showed me that i wanted to be a musician and, and try and see what would happen so i went back to school i graduated with my neuroscience degree and then i went and got a master's degree at san francisco conservatory i was doing sort of the more classical music side of things but musical theater was just always in my bones from when i was young it was what i had really grown up and loved so it basically feels like i circled back um, just like with cats, I feel like I I circled back to this stuff that I really loved as like a young little kid. Um, it just took me a little extra time to get there. That's so fascinating because I just like so many people I've, I've met and talked to that are in the world have this like, I would say much more traditional background for it of where I was like, oh yeah, you knew from day one that this was going to be the way you're going to do it. That's all you did to work towards it. And I love kind of hearing the almost, not the reverse, but like a very much a like you in a pre-med, you don't have the time to like, you have to do the extracurriculars because for the med school application, you gotta, you gotta be interesting on that. You know, you yeah. can't just be a straight A student. And then to hear that pivot almost, you know, going back to something that you grew up doing is really cool. Thank you. I mean, I remember I would go to voice lessons and it was the first time in college I was on scholarship so I could take voice lessons for free. So I um, was taking private voice lessons for the first time versus you know singing in choirs and doing that mm -hmm. kind of stuff doing you know i went to public school did all the musicals yeah. and theater kids stuff improv and all that but i was taking more serious voice lessons in college and i would leave my lessons and for about 20 minutes i would have this pure just little pocket of time where all i was thinking about was the music that i had just been singing and you know, technique that we had been discussing. And it was this beautiful, perfect little moment. I remember, you know, after about 20, 30 minutes, the bubble pops and, oh yeah, I got to go to lab. There's always, always lab. You always have to go to lab. And I worked, I did a thesis in a neuroscience lab. So I was also doing lab work for them. And I remember thinking, oh, I just, I wish, I wish I could have this 20 minutes all the time. Yeah. And, you know, now, now I, now I do. So I, I think it was just little by little, this thing that I had loved, um, but was never really, you know, never really felt like, oh, that, that can't possibly work or that's not in the cards. And it just kept kind of calling, 
that to me. And I feel very lucky that I listened to it and decided to apply to grad schools and get my degree. Uh, yeah. Amazing. That changed. That totally changed my life. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally different path. <laughs> you went from yes. <laughs> being, being in a, you know, brain surgeon type of like residency in med school yes. to singing on stage yeah. as in a cat costume. Oh yeah. The cat. Oh, the cat costume. I mean, that was, um, I actually, I had the opportunity to, um, to be on stage, uh, it, at the Keller Auditorium, which is in Portland, Oregon, where I grew up. That was the last stop on our tour. So the last, you know, week of saying goodbye to the Cats tour, I was on stage at the Broadway theater where I went to go see shows mm -hmm. as a little kid. And it was so, it was so special. I think especially because it wasn't something that I grew up doing and everybody knew I was going to do that career. It was like, kind of a secret little dream that was kept alive for a really long time and it was really amazing to have people i went to middle school and high school with come to the show and be like oh my god i cannot believe that this happened and i was like me either yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's taking happy to be here it's taking hobby into career which is like you know the versus treating it as career which is so cool because like you're able to find a way to to do that um yeah. But I want to go. So let's, let's talk before Portland though. You get yeah. this rehearsal uh, or you get this like audition and you go and you, know, you join the, the cats chorus, but yeah, a very quick turnaround. What, like how much, because you're in the chorus first versus like ready to be on the swing. Are you in the like storytelling rehearsal process where they go through everything yes. or like, what's that prep look like for you? Yes. Yes. So, um, the rehearsals start with a couple of days of music. Um, we had our music supervisor, Brian Taylor. So he, we, we all sang as an ensemble collectively. And then once we get on the floor in rehearsals um, with our resident choreographer, Grace Buckley, who is an incredible um, dancer and mentor, she taught us the show and Kim Craven, of course, immediately. Mm -hmm. So we all started by learning the Jellicle Ball and, um, even as both singers, I mean, we were really on team swing from the beginning. So we knew that we would have to learn those tracks. And, you know, Brisabella doesn't have a ton of movement, but Jolly Lauren is in the entire show. She barely leaves the stage and she is, she's doing a lot of, she's doing a lot of dancing. So from the beginning, you know, the swings all line up at the back of the rehearsal space and just, you know, let me look here, let me look here, let me like do the movement. And then at the end of rehearsals, um, sometimes we break out and have then, okay, swings, let's see you in this track and then you in this track. So we were, yeah, we were learning the show as dancers from the beginning with everybody else, which was really cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of like, it is strange because like I do think about your track of Joey Lorem and Grisabella. And Grisabella is like 15 minutes come in just belt and get off like yep. it's a very princess yep. track it's known you hear it but then joey lorem yep. as you said is on stage the whole time dancing the whole time singing a little bit of a number with gus just totally opposites so it's like you almost have to prepare for like if it was just cruzabella it'd be much easier it's like all right i don't need to learn all those dance numbers i don't need to oh, learn the ball yeah but you have to learn yeah. both the whole thing and then really yes. the whole show because you're singing in the booth the whole time too yes and joey lorem is singing soprano one so and andrew lloyd weber is notorious for writing like just the highest soprano <laughs> ensemble singing he loves to 
he loves to get, you know, he loves to get those voices nice and high. So I was, you know, as you say, belting as Grisabella and then singing the soprano one track. And for me personally, because I had opera training, I think that really helped me figure out, okay, how do I, how do I sing super high in a sustainable way? while then also making sure that I'm keeping those like warmer, richer, lower colors of my voice ready to belt. And I was balancing that the entire tour. Um, wow. Which was cool. I mean, it, I, I came out of that tour feeling like, oh, I can sing anything. If I can do that, if I can do that eight shows a week while also being able to deliver a song like Memory, which as you say, everybody knows that song. Yeah. They know what it's supposed to sound like. And yeah, the challenges of those two tracks simultaneously it's like okay yeah if i can do that i can i can do i can handle anything <laughs> yeah the grizabelle part's so interesting for me because like i obviously my whole take is that i don't think she should be the choice but but when you go to see cats not most people but there's a good chunk of that audience that knows nothing else about it but that it's people dressed as cats and you're gonna hear memory yeah and so it's like it's the one thing people are waiting for yeah. And they hear a little memory before intermission, but they're really waiting for like the full song. And so it is a, a part that like, I can't even fathom like the build up to it and everything for something that's, that's a core part of most people's experience is going to be there and to switch back and forth. I didn't even think about it from that angle. Yeah. It's the, it's so much of being a performer is the mental game and keeping yourself in a place where you know how to okay, how can I go on for Jelly Lorem and be on stage and really engaging with pretty much every single other cat who's on stage? Mm -hmm. I mean, she's such an important community builder throughout the whole show. She's just kind of everywhere. And then how can I also be prepared to sit backstage and wait for this moment that you know everyone in the audience is waiting for? Like, how do I just make sure that I, as an artist, am prepared to handle that pressure and keep my cool and then deliver deliver the goods? And um, high emotion, too, you know? Like, it's, a, well, it's supposed yes. to be. Yeah. Well, that part isn't. For me, that part was never hard to construct because, um, I mean, the way that the way that Chrissy Cartwright talks about Grisabella, I found that all very beautiful and emotionally compelling. Right. And you, you're kind of isolated from the cast backstage. So you have all this time to kind of feel and, and the music. I mean, I loved, um, Remark the Cat was actually my favorite Grizz music to sing. I feel like it's this one moment where you get to see her be angry. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, she sort of gets to express that color of, her isolation and um i love that stepwise da -da 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 motive when grisabelle is walking on stage you know the, the music really colors um that emotionally for you so by the time you get on stage and you've been backstage waiting for it to go you're kind of amped up so i think that you know as long as you can channel that effectively into your singing i think the show kind of gives you a little boost there yeah. Is there any actual, not real animosity, because I'm sure, you know, you're all castmates and you, you know, you're, you're become friends and you're together all the time. But like, are you, we're, when you're Joey, are you a little angry at the Grizz? Cause it's like, all right, I'm dancing. I'm working my, my tail off here <laughs> all night. And then you just come in here and get the, you know, the roaring applause for your 15 minutes. You know, I think that, um, I think that as you say, there are some people in the audience who are, all they know about cats is this song that sort of became a pop hit and people are going to be dressed as cats and that's it. But 
I think what's so special about cats and the cats fandom is that people know that cats is more than just that song. And most like deeper fans of cats are fans of like Skimble Shanks, mm-hmm. you know, and all these other cats who have a more, um, sort of like a more elaborate, um, and deeper connection to like the ensemble story. Cause cats is really an ensemble piece. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course you have people, you know, who love grids and who love the white cat, but I mean, even the white cat, she is like so deeply important to the story of the whole ensemble. So I think I never felt like, I mean, I just always felt like, oh yeah, it's so wonderful to play jelly. Cause she's so involved in all of these little moments and, it's such a pleasure to get to do that. And then it's also such a pleasure to like get to be, I mean, there's, there's like nothing better than getting to sing on a Broadway tour stage. Like that's, that's going to live with me for, you know, forever. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear you say the, the split of the, the people in the crowd, because Mm -hmm. I've been both sides of it. So I was the first time I saw it, I was the, I don't know anything. What am I mm-hmm. going to see? Someone just handed mm-hmm. me tickets and I'm going to go. And I was like, I didn't even know memory was in it until I saw, like, I got to that point. I'm like, oh, I know this song. And it was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, like that was where I was when I first walked in. And then I saw the the same tour, but this year in January. And I was like, I know everything now. <laughs> like, I know way too much. And I'm like, all right, I want to see where the twins turn early. I want to see like, these things like i'm like i'm looking for these things that like i definitely would have never even thought of so i'm curious like what do you think that split is in the audience like i was in dc a couple thousand person like uh auditorium yeah is it 50 50 i would i would assume and maybe this is naive of me but i would assume on tour you have more you have like your core deep fandom people that are going to come to a lot of the shows yeah but is that like 10%? Is it 20%? Is it 5%? Is it 50%? Oh, I think it's way more than that. I think, I think, um, I mean, we had so many people who were, they would talk about or post about how they had seen cats 10 times. I mean, people, people have such deep connections to the show and there's so much to, there's so many layers. I think the first time you see cats, you're kind of just trying to get the lay of the land. You're like, what is the plot? It's like, okay, wrong question. That's not what this musical is about, you know? And then by the time you see it a couple of times, like there's all these things to discover. And as you say, it's like, if you're wanting to look deeper on cats, you can, because there is stuff that you're, you know, that you're going to get to. I mean, like the set alone is so beautiful to look at. And, you know, the junkyard, it's like the more you look at the junkyard, the more you realize how beautifully intricate it all is to get these human-sized items on stage with these people dressed as cats. So, I I mean, I think at least 20% of the audience is okay. like in it, loyal cats people. Um, maybe, maybe more. It's really hard to say, but I think especially post-pandemic, because we were, I think we were one of the first tours we were one of the first tours to come out of the pandemic. Um, all the casting happened during the pandemic. Again, I was, that was like a month before a month. I was hired, I think two weeks, officially two weeks before we left. So that was, that was wild. But being one of the first tours to go out after the pandemic, um, or I guess still kind of during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, people were really craving these theatrical experiences again. So I think there was yeah. also a lot of buildup of like, 
oh, we thought we were going to see cats last year and we didn't get to, and now we get to. And so there's a lot of excitement. So maybe it's that color as well that we had. We had this kind of special opportunity to like give people cats again who had been like, we want cats. Yeah, there's, um, I have the tickets from the, the show that was supposed to come to Indiana in April of 2020. My mom had oh, two tickets wow. and she still has them and handed them to me. And, um, you know, it was like, they didn't, so they haven't, they haven't been back on the circuit yet. Um, I think they went close to Indianapolis, but you went to like yeah. Fort Wayne maybe or somewhere around there. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's such an interesting part. Cause yeah, that's a good point. I saw it a year later. So it's like on the second leg of that, that mm-hmm. tour. So mm-hmm. I, I was trying to like, I definitely looked around during, cause I saw two back to back days. So the second day I'm like, all right, there was a couple swings on, which was cool. But I'm also like, nice. what's this crowd look like on a matinee on, on yeah. sun, Saturday or Sunday? I forget which one it was. Yeah. And whenever I've seen a show a couple of times, I do like to kind of see how people react because it's like, if it's their first time and I definitely know where this punchline's coming, or I know this part's coming, like one of my favorite ones is Hades sound is just like, yeah, you know, it's building, you know what this is building up to. It's not a new story. It's based on a true story. And every time yeah. it still shocks me how many people yeah. are surprised by that ending. So I get a, yeah. I get an enjoyment out of that, but I didn't notice in mine. I felt like I noticed more people that weren't the cat super fans. Like I saw some, but it mm-hmm. felt like a much smaller group. Yeah, which maybe makes sense because the tour is now in its third year. Yeah. And they're um, they're actually about to be done. They're, Their last yeah. stop is Hawaii. So that's nice for them. Yeah, rough. <laughs> they're going to Hawaii on their rough, tour. Rough place to finish. Um. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, Cats has like made, it's made its rounds now. And like everyone who... Yeah, maybe you got more more folks who are new to cats, but um, I, yeah, I love. I think there's probably a lot of people who also knew about cats like in the '80s, mm-hmm. but they haven't encountered it since then. And this this tour is such a mix of kind of old and new. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot of layers there. So I think um, the fact that people are like discovering cats anew or revisiting it is also like kind of fun because there's. Yeah, there's things you don't expect. and um, I have heard from some of those older fans, the, I call them the OG fans, and yeah. some of them are not uh, current fans of the new choreography. Like, they're just, they grew yeah. up with what they know, and they're like, yeah. that's it, how dare you make any change type of person. Totally. I like, totally. as a sports fan, I related to, like, they're the old, they're the ones that, like, said baseball shouldn't change. Like, they're the ones that are just like, baseball is perfect as is, do not evolve whatsoever. It, you and know, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan, so I relate to that. I relate to that. Like the pitch, the pitch, the clock pitch clocks and everything going on. It's I'm like, like, the games are jumping along now. I'm like, this is nice, but it's also it's that relationship between pitcher and uh, hitter it's different. is totally different with a pitch clock. Anyway, not to. Yeah, we just, we just lost half, example. we just lost half of our listeners right there. People, yeah, people just, uh, uh, just fast forward, fast forward. F- 15 <laughs> seconds and we'll be good. We're done. We're I back. swear we're done with baseball. Uh, but okay, so I want to talk a little bit about what you were told for your backstories. Like, what are the relationships? Yes. Obviously, we've gone into a lot of details on this, but is there anything that kind of surprised you or that was unique when you were hearing Jelly's story or Grisabella's story or even just anything where it was like, hey, this is a relationship you should be playing that you are like, wait a second, no way. Because it seems like there's a lot of debates and you in rehearsal yeah. get to hear at least the the interpretation at the moment or what they kind of give you as you get to add to it. Totally. Um, I mean, I think, I think jelly was 
there, there's a really easy way into that character. Again, because the choreography has her so involved with everybody. She is like, you know, she's Gus's helper. She's around. She's very sweet. All the cats love her. Um, and Kaylee Jameson, who was playing Jelly Lorem on that tour, really like went full tilt into that. And she created a lot of like beautiful sort of extra movements and little moments to um, connect. And so I, I feel like I just followed in her footsteps and just enjoyed kind of the simplicity of Jelly being one of the older cats in the group, but connecting with all the youngins. And she gets this really sweet moment with Gus. So that felt like a very... Um, I don't want to say easy isn't quite the right word, but it was just a straight, kind of a straightforward character build. Mm -hmm. um, with Grizz, I don't know if anyone's talked about this on an episode. They probably have because you've probably heard it all. But um, one of the things, a couple of things um, really struck me about her character. One is that the poem of Grizzabella the Gam Glamour Cat was something that was not in the original book of um old possums mm -hmm. it was found by victoria elliott and brought to the table by her and um originally Tiance elliott thought it would be too dark um for the book so she found this poem and, and and brought it in and like that creates such a beautiful color so that's one thing that stands out again you probably have heard well, this so not only have i heard about it, but it's a it's the core my argument's always been and i'm getting a little bit lighter on it as i went to more recently <laughs> i was like I don't think children should see the show. Like it's very dark. There's a lot of like McCavity and Demeter's potential backstory. And there's like, oh, yeah. what is Grizabella doing before she comes back? And oh, what's happening yeah, with Victoria on stage? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's, it's a coming of age story for her. The balls and orgy. Like there's just so much there. I get it's going over every kid's head, but it's a, you know, the teenager group, it's probably wildly confusing. Because you're probably recognizing some of it, but not fully yeah. getting it. And then yeah. as even as a doll, I'm sitting there going like that they're they're basically doing it on stage at Cat's Gossip. They are. You know, right? Yeah. So to when I learned that story, I'm like, wait a second. The author thought this was too dark for kids. And we're gonna make this the cornerstone of the musical that yeah. we're gonna have children from all over the world for forty plus years come see. It yeah. just validated my argument. Yeah, I I totally um I totally hear that. Yeah, um one of the things that I loved about um working with Chrissy Cartwright and you do get to work more with her one-on-one -on -one as a Grizz cover because you get to be in those rehearsals and you know kind of listen and we were lucky that we got to also ask some questions and like talk with her. Um she's very explicit about that stuff. She she's very clear about um how Grizabella, Grizabella, the way she talks about it is Grizabella is sort of sees herself in the young white cat and how she, yeah. you know, wanted to see the world and, and go out and, um, yeah, gets involved in Macavity. And the show has been a little bit reinterpreted with the 2016 revival, making Grizabella a younger cat, mm -hmm. which is, I think, really interesting. Um, I see it now at, but I, I do think there's a little bit of a loss of having that role played by an older woman because I think the way the way in society that we often, you know, 
um, push aside older women or we we don't focus on them or we don't value them as much. I think there is something about that in the original story that was really um, beautiful and interesting to dig into. Obviously, I'm glad that I got to play Grizz, but yeah. what was I gonna, oh, I was I was going to say one one other thing that um, really struck me about the character of Grizabella is Chrissy would talk about how on the way to the theater, um, when they were going to rehearse the original production, there was this homeless woman who was, um, you know, living in the neighborhood outside of the theater and they all got to know her and she, um, you know, was poor and destitute, but she always had these beautiful nails. And so, you know, Grizabella, part of her costume is these gloves. Again, you've probably heard this before, but, you know, she has these gloves with these red nails and it's this homage to this woman who was real, who became this character influence and kind of, uh, it, you know, so much of the show is about seeing, you know, who are we judging and, and who are we, you know, who are we seeing in what way and, like, who do we allow to have dignity and who are we tolerant of? Um, and just the fact that that was coming from a real a real person um that was that was always very special to me yeah that's fascinating i did not I actually don't think i've heard that uh story about the uh homeless lady so that's that's new yeah um, and her perfect nails she always had perfect yeah. nails i was so i was just you know there's there's so much about the development of the show that you know i wish how i wish i could have been a fly on the wall in that original production when for the first month of rehearsals all they did were these kind of like theater games and yeah exercises to get into validity i mean we had a couple days of validity yeah. and that felt like whoa this is kind of crazy but we're all into it we're all just going for it like how cool but to have a month of that is sort of astounding and i think to your point about the og fans of the cats choreo and kind of the the new direction that the choreography is taking i love the new choreography and i do recognize that part of what is so provocative and radical about the original production is her vision for these cats and how they move. And you don't, you don't get to keep that vision 100% when you're melding it with something else. Mm -hmm. So I, I see, I see both sides of that. And I think there are definitely reasons to value the original choreography, but it's also cool that somebody got to put a new spin and especially a famous choreographer who, yeah. um, you know, it's connecting us with really, you know, contemporary works in theater. So it it, it, it was yeah. cool to work on that. It's an interesting for me because I never, you know, my original is the 1998 movie is all I have mm -hmm. access to, um, mm -hmm. which is what's on YouTube. And then I have seen Andy's version four times now, you know, so it's like I've seen the new version. It's the only version. So I've actually only seen a younger Grizabella every time. And that's mm -hmm. part of, I know what clouds, some of what clouds my judgment and my decision anyway, of like where this, yeah. this whole thing came from. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, yeah. All right. I do want to, I want to shift gears because okay. uh, I am so excited because I am a friend's like super fan in the sense that like, yes. I love sitcoms. It's actually my biggest, I've, I've said this a thousand times on this podcast, but like I, the thing I love, I love most on TV is predictable AB storyline sitcom story, which friends is like one of the masterminds of just brilliant. Yes. Two different lines coming together at the end and neat and tidy closing. It's the best background noise. It's on TV almost all day still. It's on TBS Always. all day. It's on Nick and Night <laughs> all night. It is literally on my TV probably half the day if I'm working from home. Just muted, but just background noise. Yeah. So when I got to come see you all, I knew I was going to be like, not only am I going to get every reference, but like I'm excited to see which ones you choose beyond just like the big one. You know, like everyone knows up or on a break and pivot and some of those things. But I'm like, yeah. what are some yeah. of the smaller ones you're going to go after? And it's, if you're a friend's fan, it is a blast because it is so funny. Your mannerisms as Rachel were uh, spot on. Thank you. And so thank I had you. so much fun and I cannot wait because I love trying to compare Kat's characters to friends' characters. So before we do that, though, I want you to tell me what was, what was it like, like getting into the show, trying to like pick up the mannerisms knowing the jokes like were you a huge friends fans or i mean i feel like at this point everyone was somewhat of a fan but like what was yes. your level of knowledge going into that like getting this this role yeah you know i um well so i originally auditioned friends also happened for me very quickly um because that's i mean i think that's how this business works it's like you're spending all this time thinking that you know what you're targeting and then all of a sudden something comes out of left field and you just have to stay open to it and be like okay i guess i'm auditioning for the friends musical this week like great yes. <laughs> so i i went in to audition for the swing so i prepared a phoebe a monica and a rachel wow and in both of my auditions i was doing all three of those characters um and in my callback for the swing they said hey the role of rachel is opening up are you interested and i was like uh yeah sure i just you know i just heard about this this week so yeah, <laughs> yeah i went to see the show it really made me laugh and i was like okay let's do this so um and now i i think as i've revisited friends more it's such fun to play rachel because i i grew up watching the show but i was not i mean i knew rachel greens in high school i was not yeah. <laughs> i was not that girl it was it was not me um and i think it's easy to you know it's easy to poke fun at rachel um but it's also such a pleasure to like sort of put my judgment or what i think i know about her aside and go back and rewatching friends right now and you know part of the reason to watch is to pick up all her little you know she's like got all these amazing like physical gestures um that i picked up from the show she has such a distinct way of talking and expressing herself and she's also very proud and i think um like one of the really fun way things about playing her is like 
seeing her like, yeah, you can you can see her as a, you know, boring stereotype of a popular girl or you can kind of flesh out her character and see her as this really proud and loyal woman who is standing up for herself and she always speaks her mind um she loves what she loves and yeah getting into expressing her has just been like really really fun yeah it was it's fun to watch it's fun to see i love that you, you all blurred the lines of um like the show and also like the performers so like i love that some of the like yeah famous people that are in it are just called out as their famous people like yes as names yes. some of the jokes about that are about their actual lives and not yeah. just the friends <laughs> yes and then the music is so funny it's like a great mix in so i i loved every moment of it um, oh i thank you for thank you for saying that thank you for coming i mean we like love um yeah, we we love doing the show. The group is an amazing group of people mm -hmm. and we're like really really having fun doing it. It's like it feels like an extension of you know, I did I did improv in in school mm -hmm. and you know, it it feels like an extended SNL sketch. Yeah. You know, it sort does. of that like it's like a loving roast. It's like we love this thing, but we're also roasting it and as you say, we're kind of roasting. Like SNL has a great um I think weekend update segment from a couple years ago with someone doing a, a Rachel Green impression that I definitely studied for my mm -hmm. um, for my audition, um, and it's like it's it's so easy to kind of roast the character and the actor simultaneously because that show totally changed their lives. Totally, it yeah. totally changed how each of them, you know, the type of roles that they were offered later. I mean, and I mean, like, especially Jennifer Aniston, like she, she, she's iconic, Yeah, you know, and her, her, her as Rachel is iconic. It's sort of impossible to separate them. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been really fun to like, get to, get to, you know, do my, do my spin on, on that. That's so fun. All right. Let's cast, let's cast the cats as friends. Oh characters. my gosh. So, I haven't, I thought we were going to do this, but I did not think about it in advance because I just want to see what comes to me. So I think that's almost the better way to do it. Because um, <laughs> I've had, I've done a few of these where I've like, where I, I know the material, like I don't know the material as well. And I'm like, hold on, I got to do some like research. I'm yeah. like, all right, who are all these people? And what are they? And then it's like this one, I'm like, had friends on before I, we jumped on today. You know, it's like, yeah, on TBS oh this morning God, in the I background. Love I love um, that. And so it's like, there's, I, this is what I knew. So we could do this too. Is there's obviously the main six characters who we'll get to. I do think it's fun to cover a couple of the side characters. So do you want to cover oh, like some Gunther of those for first? Sure. We yeah. Gotta talk about okay. Gunther, let's do the yeah. side characters first and we'll get to the main six. Yes. Gunther, who do you have? Uh, oh my gosh. I mean, that are, the guy who plays Gunther is like so funny. I think I have, um, well, actually I think I would make him like a, like a carbuckety or like a cat who who gets cut in some of the productions, but he's like he's there and he should be part of the ensemble, but he like didn't make it on our mm. tour. I think there's like something funny about seeing him as a side as a side cat. Um, yeah, what do you have? Corbett. I have him as a oh. little twin because he's kind of like quiet and around, and you know, like the cut to him a lot where he's just like a reaction. And so I feel like that's one of the twins. Also, I do think the twins get cut every once in a while on tour. So it's like, <laughs> to your point, maybe that's a, that is where where he fits. But that's how that's where I had him. 
I, I like that, especially because he is so, he's like quiet and always watching. Yeah. Which is very in vibe with the twins. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay. What or about, what, let's do Mike. Mike. What's Paul Rudd? Oh, Paul. Isn't that his character? Like, <laughs> that's his character name, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm like, I'm in the early, I was like, that's in early friends. Like what? Um, um. I think this one's hard because I didn't yeah, see this a one direct is, line. This one is hard. I'm like, he sort of feels like, um, I, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to use some of the like obvious fun loving cats that are like coming to mind. Like he's very, um, he's sort of like a, like a Peter or like one of the, um, just one of the like nice cats who's like in the opening and then disappears entirely. You're like, just a little call out. I just kinda, a little, uh, yeah. So I thought the same thing, but I was like, I, I always forget. Is it Alonso's one that's a little cocky? So I thought maybe it's Tumble Brutus. Like it's, it's one of those two to me. Like it's one of the yes. younger Actually, dancing Tumble in the Brutus, beginning. Tumble Brutus is such a great pick because yeah, he's like a kitten and he's like fun and rambunctious, but he's not like going full Mungo Jerry yeah. energy, which we like obviously have to save. Um, yeah, I, for uh, for one of the main, for one yes, of the main, I agree. Friends. I like that. Yeah. Okay. What about um, Doctor Burr, Tom Selleck? Oh my God, Tom Selleck makes a really has a really great uh moment in the Friends parody does. musical. Very much does. Uh, I mean, oh my God, yeah. I got to think about like actual. I mean, I think actual Tom Selleck, like on as on the show as Dr. Burke, like I just think of Bustopher, like because yeah. he's such a he's such a proper he's such a proper gentleman. And he also like. Yeah, he's very kindly. I could also see I actually could also see Gus because I'm forgetting the name. Who's the um, who's the boyfriend of Monica's that's played by John Favreau? later oh, who like um he's the billionaire the rich guy uh, yeah the billionaire because that's kind of bustifer energy yeah oh, so if name? that's bustifer energy then gus um pete you know Peter. tom Selleck. his name is pete is maybe pete? Uh, his name is pete i think pete yes you're right so i think pete is maybe actually full bustifer mm. and um dr burke for me is like giving lovely gus energy like gus before he's like like a little earlier in his prime. Yeah, I think I think Gus is Tom Selleck and Bustifer is Doctor Burke because the Doctor Burke oh, like storyline is a little, it's a little strange in my opinion. It's like a little yeah. weird, a little creepy, and like I remember even when it happened, I'm like, oh, you got Tom Selleck, like this is such a big name, like you, you run with it. But then it's like the party where they're at their parents' house and it's like their oh. best friend they don't know. And so weird, it's yeah. weird, and that's what I feel with Bustifer Jones. I think some of that's because I. Red Bus for Jones is going to gentlemen's clubs as the American gentlemen's clubs and not the British gentlemen's clubs. It, and so it, I'm it. like, my interpretation of Bus for Jones is like, oh, this is a much different cat than I think what was actually written. So that's how yes. I do feel about Dr. Burr. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, we got one more side character. We got to do Janice. Oh, yes. Oh, Janice. Oh, I love Janice in the parody musical. Um, I uh, I think that... I mean, the the first thing that came to mind was Rump because of mm -hmm. her like 
energy. Like, Rump is such a playful character. And something that I love about Janice is that she just, like, is unapologetically herself. Um, so, in a way, she's, like, maybe almost giving Bombay Arena energy as well. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Janice fan. I love Janice. Yeah, but, those are my, think- but there's something about Rump that's, like, you know, Janice is a little, like, off the... She's a little off the rails, and uh, I think Rump's a little Rump's off the rails, Rump's a good too. answer. Bomb, Bomb Valley Arena was too, like, confident, sexy, like, knows it. Yeah, fair, versus, like, fair, I think fair, Janice fair, is fair. confident and knows it and feels that way, <laughs> so, but it's, like, it's, it's meant misplaced. to be a very different... Yeah. I yes. was, like, I think we're going to use this character somewhere else, but I, I saw little Jenny Any Dots of yes, the, like... I- kind of comes in is very loud has their moment like is involved in a lot of the stuff going on so that was and like very like telling everyone what to do energy like she does you know and she's you know parading around with the mites and the cockroaches and she's just like i i I totally i think that's a great answer actually i love um and with the outfit change you know because janice is very flashy yes um so yeah, I think that's a good. I love that actually. I love okay. I love her as Jenny. Let's go to the main six now, and I'll start with the one that I think is Jenny. It was as Monica for me. But do you have someone else for Monica? No, I um yeah, I was gonna put I, I put Monica as Jenny because she's so like fastidious and um if, like everything everything just so. I do think if we're ignoring gender or I mean they're cats, so it's a little different, but I think there's some yeah. skimble shanks in her too. Like very organized on time. If if you're saying that we can ignore gender, which we like totally should because they're cats cats. anyway. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of like obsessed with the idea of doing gender bent cats. Like I think there's a whole world to explore there that could be like really amazing. Um yeah, Skimble Shanks. I think you're totally right because um Skimble Shanks is so like his whole attitude is like when he's doing that song like he's singing this song about how like everything needs to run on time but then he's like sleeping on the job in that same number um which i think is like the best when monica is like you know she has she has that spirit of like everything has to be this way but then she's also like kind of nuts and everybody else knows that she's nuts so that combination um yeah that that is like full skimble shank Mm -hmm. energy to me what about chandler um Chandler to me is Mungo Jerry. Okay. Yeah, in his funny. like in his like provocative um goofball energy. Who did you have? I had the same thing. I just thought okay. that was okay. yeah, I didn't it was a hard one because uh, I thought maybe you could go like I felt a little bit I, I think I struggled with the evolution of Chandler and then what happened to you know what happened with his life, you know, like with yeah. Matthew Perry. And so yeah. I'm like, I don't yeah, know where fair. this goes. Um, but I think Mungo Jerry, if you like, especially if you think about the early seasons of Chandler does feel yes. very like, like just all over the place, but in a energetic manic type of way. And that does yeah. feel like Mungo Jerry. There might be like, a, um, you know, there's some theories that like, you know, maca- like the McCavity backstory is like very, Ooh. you know, murky. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe Chandler is like early McCavity. And then we see, as we see Matthew Perry kind of like go to the dark side. So does McCavity. Maybe that's like too much, <laughs> but there could be, there could yeah. be something there for like the deep fans. 
if we keep going uh, down the, if there was 10 more years of friends that so we would have a cavity angle. Yeah, um, we would get to, that'd be very dark. What about <laughs> Phoebe? Oh my God, Phoebe is, Phoebe is really hard. I, I actually a little bit, now, now that I've put Monica as Skimbleshanks, there is something about Jenny, Jenny Anydots, who she's like a little kooky. Um, oh yeah. And her like kooky energy. Um, like there's not, I'm trying to think of who else is like really, like really silly because Phoebe isn't, she wasn't like a rumple teaser to me because she's not really naughty. She's like kind of kooky. So there's maybe like a little bit of a Jelly Lorem vibe. Like Jelly Lorem spends all of cats like taking care of everyone else. But like when Jelly Lorem is alone, just like hanging out, I think she's like kind of a nerd <laughs> and kind of, um, kind of a little wacky. Like, so I, I, I could see like a Jelly Lorem angle there those kind of two stuck out to me i have pieces of three of cats so i think there's the history of like her mom and twin and everything was demeter for me Mm because i think you could have like the it's a very like troubled upbringing and background um i think i had a tantamile just like a a little all over like out there but uh sensing stuff before and um yes that's good. That's and good. Then, she's Phoebe's like yeah. Obsession. She's always doing something like that. And then I was like, there's probably some. It's either etc. or syllabub or like one of the kittens where it's like there's a little bit of energy, but also not. I think as big of your main like character, like, there's less of the storyline. So that was where but, I went. Yeah, syllabub is a really good one actually because she is like she has the silly kitten energy, but she also is kind of touched in the production and we see all these moments where syllabub is like touched or kind of like struck by something and then she like sings this and she sings all the like all the little songs the way that yeah. Phoebe's like coming yeah. out you know like the way that syllabub comes out with daylight is kind of like the smelly cat of uh and smelly cat i mean smelly cat the fact that there's a cat connection in i know is very fun okay we've got two left ross i know this is these are like honestly the hardest um Ross was really... Oh, wait, no, sorry. I missed Joey. Oh, yeah, we missed Joey. Joey Joey for me is like Tugger. Tugger, yeah. Tugger when he's being nice. Yeah. I had him Tugger. I was just like... You could see him being a little dumb, but also just like thinks they're... Everyone loves him. Yeah. Okay, now we can go to Ross. Um, Yeah, Ross Ross is really hard because it's like, who are the... Who are the like mopey cats? Like that's sort of the best... I think David Schwimmer, honestly, is doing some of the greatest acting on Friends. He's so, mm-hmm. like, there's so much physical comedy. He's so funny. Um, oh, yeah. I, I didn't, like, really settle. I can tell you who I have. Yeah, yeah. Tell me who you have. I have Monkish Trap and Old Deuteronomy. Like, the two, like, the two of them are, like, a little bit serious, but want to be more involved, like, in the, the all the stuff going on. I also do think like Ross's line storylines are with connected with everybody. Like he's almost, he's not the clue of it all, but he's the one that's definitely like, it's his sister. It's his old girlfriend. It's his college roommate. And I do think Monk is like a little, an older, I'm a kind of narrator ish. And so you've got that same thing where it's like, they're the ones kind of pending most of this. If you, if you have it. So that's where I I thought. Yeah. Monkey strap is totally. um, Now that you mentioned that, I hate to say that I didn't, 
like remember Mugshot. Because yeah. <laughs> Mugshot, as you're you're correct, he's like kind of the glue that holds the story together. He's also kind of following. He's the one who's kind of trying to follow in old Deuteronomy's footsteps. Yeah. Um, he's sort of trying to be the most professional of the cats. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think Monkey Strap is like the, um, is such a great, I, I've never really thought about the storyline, like how everything is kind of tied to Ross, but now that you mention it. They allude um, to it in one of the episodes because they so, talk about how Phoebe is like the one that would be cut out because she doesn't have a connection like near to the rest of them. And it's like everybody else. It's like Phoebe and Joey are the two that don't have the like clear connection. Um, but Joey was like the roommate of Chandler and Phoebe. I don't, I don't even remember how they really integrate Phoebe in. I don't either, honestly. But yeah, it's so that's kind of the the one I thought. Now we got to do Rachel. because I love your, that. This is your your bread and butter here. Who do you have? I know. Um, weirdly, I have... Um, Weirdly, I have Cassandra. Oh, interesting. Because, I see that, though. Because Rachel is, like, she is, she's definitely a pretty girl. She loves to shop. Like, she loves, um, she loves, like, her nice things. And Cassandra's very, like, you know, a proper, like, beautiful, you know, it, maybe cassandra was like a rich lady's cat who like kind of found her way to the junkyard and i i was thinking about like rachel sometimes gives bomb energy and mm-hmm. she sometimes gives demeter energy but she's not quite well she is pretty fiery so i, I think it was a little torn between like the sides of her rachel definitely has a jekyll and hyde kind of personality where she can be really sweet and then she can be like what and totally changed on a dime. Mm-hmm. So I think she's like kind of giving bomb and she's kind of giving cast. Those are for me. I think those are perfect. I had the bomb for sure. I had the a meaner version of the other side of her, which was a little I, I could argue a Grizabella. Like if you take her down a darker path and then bring her back, you know, like there is and, a little bit mm-hmm. of like you know, they the end, I could see that, you know. So but I, I agree. Yeah. Ooh, I like yeah, I like that. It's almost like you know, if you look at like, um, you know, baby Grizz, <laughs> like, or who, if you sort of like rewind in your head, like if I rewind back from who Grizabella was to who she might have started out as in the, in the tribe. Yeah. Like kind of giving, yeah, I can, I can totally see that parallel. I was like, I, as someone who <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't be so obvious as to be like, Oh, I play Rachel and she's Grizz because yeah. I like Grizz. I was like trying to think outside the box I, for myself. Totally, totally. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I totally, I totally dig that. Oh my gosh, I like, I'm probably gonna keep thinking about this for a while and I, kick myself gonna be, on the choices. I'm gonna have it on the background. There's gonna be somebody that pops in with character and be like, "Oh my god, what about this person? I didn't even think about that. That's, that's this. this that's them." Like, yeah, yeah, I want to hear some deep fans. Yeah, that that intersection of like iconic nineties, iconic nineties, uh, like culture, people who love friends and people who love cats would love to hear some other theories Heck, about who I the friends wait. as cats are. Send them um, our the way. friends are very jellical. I find them as a community to be like very, very jellical. So love that. I think it worked. Um, let's do some very quick rapid fire. Um Yes. What is your favorite, um, sorry, if you were going to play any character for one night in Cats, which one would you want to go on as? 
I think Tugger. Just go I, out and I, have a ball. I mean, if I could, if I could be Bomb and Demeter, I'd love that song. But I think Tugger, I, if I was really going to get to like be one of the cats, I think I would want to be Tugger. Nice. Uh, what's Who are your favorite and least favorite cats in the show? Character wise. Um, oh my gosh. It like kind of changes depending on who you're playing. I'm not, um, I'm asking you. Uh, like you is you're oh, yeah, an individual. Like, well, I, yeah. Yeah. Forget like Grizz my or Jelly. Cats when I'm watching the shows. I mean, I love Mr. Mistopheles <laughs> and I love Skimble Shanks. Um, like when you're watching the show and Mr. Mistopheles happens, you're like, this is the greatest cat of all time. Yeah. Um, I love that number. Um, my least favorite cat. Um, that's like such a hard question because they're all like, they all have their like spot. I feel like, I feel like Alonzo doesn't get enough development. So mm. I'm choosing him, but only because I'm thinking of the, like the guy who played him on tour had the most beautiful like legs and extensions. <laughs> Vinny <laughs> just is the most beautiful dancer. So I'm like, it's not. No, you gotta take the person out of it. You're taking the person. Take the person out of it and his beautiful legs out of it. I think Alonso just like wasn't giving. It's Peter. Wasn't giving enough for me. Peter. (laughs) Well, Peter. Um, Like nobody even knows about Peter. So uh, people know about Peter. People. Oh, people know. Especially Um, with this podcast. (laughs) Favorite song. I McCavity. McCavity. I. That's my. That's my answer right now too. My my answer does change every once in a while, but that's still it's been a, that answer for a while. Um, yeah. Okay, we're at the moment. You got to play Grizabella and Gus's caretaker, so you're covering two of the most common answers. But I know. I want to hear what is your answer. Are you going to defend Grizabella? Or are you going to defend Gus? Or are you going to defend somebody else as your joyful choice? Um. Well. Yeah, this is a hard question. Um. The first time I went on as Jelly and we got to the moment of the Jellicle choice, I remember locking eyes with John Bo, who was amazing as Gus. And I felt so, so heartbroken that he had not been chosen. I will never forget it. It was a spontaneous emotional reaction. I was just like, this is wrong. Gus should be the one who goes. So I think that's like sort of my... I mean, it, it just feels it just feels like Gus and his number like really earned him the Jellicle choice. Um, again, I think if Grizabella was played by an older cat, it would be interesting. I think it's a little bit of a stronger fight in a way. Um, that being said, when you play Grizabella and that moment happens and you ride up to the heavy side layer it really does feel like the right thing is happening to tell the story that you want to tell so i i do see it both ways and i also think um there's a little part of me that's like skimbles the jellicle choice mm-hmm. like he's he's so beloved um all right so if i'm marking down your vote because i do keep track Oh my God, I know you have to, I have to choose one. Huh? You've picked I mean, three. I know I did. Who are you choosing for this year? They can be next year and the year okay, after. Okay, okay. Um, I think, I think for this year I have to choose Gus. Awesome. Like I, just based on 
based on that spontaneous reaction that I had, I will never, I will never forget that. I, <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta give it up for Gus for this one. But I love you, Grizz. I really do. I love it. I uh, time with Dr. Grizz, I'm, I'm happy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, for you, for you, I'll choose. I'll choose. Um, I've, I've I'll mark, do, mark me down as Gus. I've been wondering how many people have like. Most people, I'm sure, haven't thought about this, except for in the Cats world and the super fans and the people doing the show. But over time, I'm like, I'm getting more non-Grizzabella answers. Like, am I influencing it or has it always been this split? And it's just like, now someone's asking the question. I, I think you're influencing it a little bit because you don't really stop and think about it until you're like, wait, what even is the jellicle choice? What is the heavy side layer? Like you have to kind of like go deep on that. And once you do, you're like, wait, now that I'm thinking about this, yeah. why is it Grizzabella? Which I, I do, I do get. I don't know. I'll always be torn, but you can the hard hitting, The hard hitting journalism here at the wrong cat diet. <laughs> yeah, asking the questions the nobody else is willing to ask. Nobody else. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been amazing. How can people stay in touch with you on social media and see friends and everything? Um, oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I am on Instagram at carol.bacon, bacon like breakfast. Um, I have a website, Carol and Bacon. You can um, get tickets to friends through that. Um, I would love for people to come see this Friends musical. It is so much fun. Um, friends off Broadway, uh, com is their website. And, um, oh, I just, I just did a big solo show, um, last week, but I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm in New York and, um, perform regularly around the city. Um, in addition to friends, I do some jazz at cabaret singing. So yeah, just follow, follow, follow on socials and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep, <laughs> I'll we'll, keep everyone updated on what, what we're up to. Yeah. We'll link everything. Um, I will plus in a recommendation on the friends. It's a, uh, it's an intimate theater. So it's like, it's a really cool experience. Cause you're like, you get to really experience the show. Um, and it was so fun. And especially if you, you know, if you watch friends at all, uh, or know it, it's, you're gonna have a blast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Come see well, us. Thank you for being here. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the wrong cat died, the podcast breakdown, the cast atrophy to follow along. You can subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the wrong cat died, or check out our website, the wrong cat Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.